0: to this week's World Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Irving, and the podcast is sponsored by Forager Limited, which is slightly more topical than it is some weeks because um, many of you will probably know, but Forager Limited is our restaurant supply business. We, we also supply the, the public a little bit, but for 15 years we've predominantly been supplying restaurants with wild ingredients from, uh, from the UK. Um, and so it's slightly surprising that we've gone this many weeks without actually having a chef on the podcast. But we, we, that all changes this week. I'll uh, be the first of many chefs um, as our podcast guest. Um, and the first of all is none other than Santiago Lestra, who is um, an extraordinary guy from Mexico. And, well, you'll be hearing lots about him. And it's very, you know, it's very... Um, Crucial, I think, to the whole movement around wild food, um, the role that chefs have had in bringing these forgotten or overlooked ingredients really into the, into the limelight um, by making them such an integral part of um, dishes in, in many of the most well-known um, restaurants in the world. And not just people like René Redzippy at, at uh, Noma, but back in the, in the 90s, people like Michel Bras, Marc Verard in France... I think really we're pioneering that um, as as um, a kind of new approach to food. They were bringing those ingredients in in a way with the nouvelle cuisine, and also working with ideas around terroir um, that were, were kind of being, I guess, upgraded almost um, to include not just cultivated things with long traditions like you know, um, viticulture um, and you know fine wines um, reflecting. You know, human culture as well as landscape and, and soil type, and so on, through the through the, uh, the medium of growing grapes and making wine. But to make terroir something which actually reflected the wild landscape and the plants which find their home in their little ecological niches, and obviously being per- perhaps a more um, authentic reflection of landscape than anything that we could possibly cultivate. At the same time, I'm giving you a brief potted history of restaurants and wild food here. Um, at least in the last 20, 25 years or so. At the same time, we had people in the UK like Mark Hicks and Richard Corrigan, who were the, among the first to really embrace um, our products when we when we approached them in in uh, 2004. Those guys already had an understanding and, and a love for wild food, and we're just using it in, in very um, un, unfussy ways, uh, not part of a, a sort of new approach to food, really, but a, a more kind of gutsy produce-based, land-based approach to food. Richard coming from Ireland, having grown up, eating a lot of wild plants. And Mark just always having had an interest in, in being and being a great fan of some of the more well-known British ingredients. Uh, and then also people like David Everett Matthias, who is at the Champignon Sauvage in Cheltenham, has been using a lot of wild ingredients for a long time, and particular... Um, Claim to fame, as far as I'm concerned, is the way that he's used two things which are used as coffee substitutes. Them being uh, roasted acorns and um, roasted dandelion roots. And he had the insight to see, well, if this is a coffee flavoring, then it's a potential dessert flavoring. And he's he's gone on to do some some really terrific things with both of those ingredients. So yeah, be the first of many chefs, and um, we may even, as I, I think I've mentioned before, um, produce a. Sort of separate channel and do do a, a chef podcast every week. We're we're not sure, but we're we're looking into that. So I have um, something to say in uh, in advance of the the conversation that you're going to hear now. I nearly edited something out and tried to redo it because um, I listened back and thought, oh, I've been a bit I've uh, been a bit critical there. Um, I talk about the situation. You you sometimes get a sense of in in some restaurants or with some of the probably younger chefs you know, there's almost uh, too much of a, an aim to impress through what they're doing and um, i go so far as to say that, that maybe sometimes they're showing off. I thought, oh, I I'm, I'm, think that's a bit harsh and, and perhaps I shouldn't let that go out. But then I thought, well, here's an opportunity to actually explore something um, and make it not just um, looking at chefs but looking at other people and, and, and uh, more especially looking at myself. So... That is really, it's a question of what is our motivation for what we do? What What is it that drives us in what we do? And, you know, I think that that will change from time to time and from day to day and probably depending on how happy in ourselves we're feeling and how secure in life. But suffice it to say, I think I, I, I turn the finger and point it back at myself because I know that in, in times past, I've found myself in a situation, whether it's in a conversation or um just in some sort of social setting where i find myself saying things and it is to impress it is to kind of position myself as someone with with a lot of knowledge or you know for example um i sometimes feel embarrassed if i can't remember the latin name of something because i feel like oh i should ha- i should have all of that locked down and be able to show people how well um how well I've got all that stuff locked down and memorised, um, and I might find myself um, following somebody else's story with another story that's that's maybe more interesting. I don't mean, I think we all do it, but I just it just made me think um, about where all of that is coming from. You know, whether or not um, we have just settled down into what I think is a more organic mindset that just says, "Well, look, I have." almost like an ecological niche in life. I've got a place where I belong and I've got a role to play and that doesn't come through trying to make it happen, basically. So, um, I mean, I guess this gives me an opportunity just to just open up something that I've been saying a lot in my personal life, that that uh, really I'm trying not to try um, and I'm seeking to make... uh yeah, need to trying there. Um, trust the basis of what I do rather than effort and a desire to prove myself and so on because I think in the end we have either a fearful approach to life or or um or a a trusting one and 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 the basis for that um well that basis rather will follow on to mean either we see our life as a way to to give and, and just to contribute to the to the to the whole to the common good Or we see our life as a struggle for survival where we've got to push and shove and grab and grasp. And that's, you know, that's when we would want to obviously be pushing ourselves forward and wanting people to form the most possible, uh, favourable possible impression um, and to prove ourselves. So on the other hand, the minute we realise, okay, actually, I have a place in this world that no one else can... um, can have, no one else can have my place because um, it's, a, it's a niche that only fits me. At that point, um, we can start doing things for a different reason. We can think, okay, well actually I am a gift, just like everybody else is, but you know, recognizing that we are a gift to the world at large and all we can do really is just settle down and, um, and find that fit with, um, with the world at large, find what it is we do best and then not do it for any other reason but that that's what we do best. And then instead of being that kind of pushing and shoving kind of uh, situation, we find ourselves in another one where we're just like a tree, basically. And a tree doesn't need to force anything. A tree will just bring bring leaves in the spring and nuts or fruit or whatever it is that that tree bears later in the season with no stress or strain, no effort. So um, I guess that sort of rounds it up for me that um, it's the approach that, we're trying to look at with the um I should say really correct myself and say but that we're trusting that we are looking at with the podcast and so I guess the um the exhortation to any chefs who are listening is just yeah just believe in the gift that you are because and just rounding off what I started saying there with with the sort of potted history of chefs and and, and wild food is that Chefs are occupying such a, a very influential role in in these times um, you know i 've said before that they started out thinking that they were there to cook dinner and, and and ended up finding out that they're starting to change the world because so many people are listening to what chefs have to say about what is important in food and um, what ingredients to use and and um, really they 're becoming cultural um, Shapers of well, shapers of culture, leaders of culture, and so I think um, it's just amazing to see that. And any any chef that's working in this time is is in a, such a privileged position to be uh, able to contribute to what's going on. There's huge shifts in public attitudes towards food and consumption generally, uh, and it's an opportunity for chefs to to really make themselves useful in a way that perhaps. Has not been true in the past and you know i don't know about anybody else but i do increasingly think that um that's the only thing that really satisfies uh, in the end to know that we've been useful in some kind of way okay without further ado i'm going to get on and introduce this week's guest so i'm delighted to welcome this week's guest to the world wild podcast his name's santiago lastra and he's an extraordinary chef from Mexico. Welcome, Santiago. Thank you, Mayas. Um, and Santiago, at the moment, is a big build-up to opening um, a restaurant in London, which is just going to be an absolute phenomena. Um, so what's the name of your restaurant? Where's it going to be? It's going to be uh, called uh, Col, with a K. And uh, cool. it's going to be in central London. Amazing. And, and so Santiago is basically going to be bringing um, a really... New experience of Mexican food to uh, a British audience, which is which is really um, well. We we'll talk more about it in, in a few minutes, but but basically the the the, the background to this project, um, I think I'm right in saying is you you had um, you had a, a an, an experience which took you a lot deeper into your own native cuisine. Because obviously you grew up in Mexico and you know you would have eaten nothing but Mexican food. But like you, you did a um, a project with Noma from Copenhagen, which yes. which which enabled you to do a lot of research into um, the edible plants of, of Mexico. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd love you to tell us about that. It's...
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, I was uh, out outside of Mexico for five years without going back, and that was that was uh, that was four th- that was three and a half years ago, and I got a call from uh, Rocio that uh, Rocio Sanchez, and she uh, she told me that. Uh, they were interested in, in having an interview with me to, um, uh, for getting involved in a project that they were doing in Mexico mm. uh, that year. And that was 2016. And um, so I just, like, I didn't think twice. I had a meeting uh, and, uh, with her and Renee, and they actually offered me the job as a project manager. For, the, uh, for Noma Mexico, that it was the pop up, just basically just two months pop up in, uh, in Mexico, um, big, really huge um, operation of bringing 80 people from uh, Copenhagen to uh, Tulum and uh, building a restaurant from scratch in another country with another ingredients, with another culture. And I uh, remember they asked me if I wanted to be involved in the overall organization, mostly in the kitchen side. Well, in the kitchen side of it, mostly. And uh, it was a great opportunity for me. I mean, like, I honestly, I actually say, like, I just don't know, uh, I don't know like, almost anything about my country. Uh, and uh, And then he gave me the opportunity. I remember he told me that. Uh, let's let's just let's discover it together, you know. And uh, and it was it was a big challenge for me, uh, because of that and because of, of also like what it represents for me. It was like to be able to showcase, make, oh, to be part of something so big mm. that will showcase Mexico internationally was a really big honor. Mm. So what we did is to uh, I organized some research trips. So we went to Mexico. The first trip was uh, 16 days. No, 16. We got. And 14 flights in 16 days, going to seven states of Mexico, like visiting indigenous communities, markets, restaurants, taco places, uh, and just basically to understand what was Mexican cuisine and Mexican culture. Then we had another trip for a month, also making something similar in the Yucatan where it was my job exactly there apart from organizing the trips, was to set up meetings with producers, with suppliers, with farms, and uh, and being able to um, ba- basically get what Rene and the team wanted to get. So we were in this market, that's like, okay, we really like this fruit. But we're like in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, okay. So I, went, I had to make sure that we logistically we were able to get those stuff from all over Mexico mm-hmm. so then when we opened I remember a month before we opened we made a tasting of uh, I think like around 95 or 100 uh, no we have like more like like three hundred, three hundred and twenty 320 ingredients and like we tried like 45 different types of oysters you know it was like insane you know like food from all over like we had Tomato from Oaxaca, tomato from Tabasco, tomato from Yucatan—like four or five different types of tomatoes mm. from different regions—and they will eat it. They will make like a reduction with it. They will make a, you know. So at the end, it's like so they they, they try to make sure like what what were their favorite ingredients in Mexico, mm. like but in an overall like <clears throat> whole extensive way. So we were getting the. The ingredients for the menu at the end from uh, from around seven to eight different states, and all of them had to have at least one plane. Uh, most of them have like two or three. They had to take two or three plane trips to get into uh, Cancun, and then from Cancun we had a driver that pick us up, pick pick them up, and it, it was a really really crazy crazy story. But what I did, when I what it changed me, it was. That I saw a potential um, incredible opportunity to to, to 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 showcase the meaning of quality of Mexican culture, mm-hmm. and also this uh, experience of like really working closely with uh, with with producers that they had uh, like jewels, you know, like actual uh, gold uh, mm-hmm. in uh, in terms of ingredients and the meaning of quality of the actual ingredient is not about something rare that is something that is made with respect and grow with respect Mm -hmm. and it's like so that kind of philosophy is what i learned and of course a lot about like how my country works and what it is available and how incredibly diverse it is so then i i decide after the after the event i mean like i saw i didn't know what to do after and i saw people that they were traveling from Japan to Mexico and then going back the next day just to eat in Noma, Mexico, and they were seeing these ladies making the tortillas and they would take a picture with them because they was like the most incredible thing and the most incredible people that they should like be proud of. Um, for me, it was like, okay, I think I think it's, it's, there's a possibility here to actually to go somewhere where I can
0: when I can keep promoting this place uh, the place honour on these things which are sort yeah. of so simple and hidden. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. So then I, I just decided to move to mm-hmm. London for that and now we are opening the rest. Wow. That was that was two and a half years ago that I moved here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and did you did you there's a, there's a lady Diane Kennedy that that, that um, yeah. has done a lot of research on, yes. the, on the Mexican food but also on the indigenous yes. wild plant use and that. Uh, yes Did yes you... I mean like she she
1: um, I didn't have the pleasure to meet her because she lives in uh, a place that we went and went that is it's called uh, Guanajuato but she's she's made she made an incredible job also to document uh, all these uh, made all these books in English because there are lots of uh, most of the books of uh, traditional Mexican yeah. cuisine are in Spanish, yeah. so she had this incredible, vast uh, uh, investigation of actually Mexican uh, traditional Mexican food, which is uh, which is really really interesting, um, and uh, in terms of plants and vegetables and uh, and all the stuff that grows around indigenous and uh, wild and mixed is just. I don't know if you can get anything in the everything in the world, but you can get almost, it's completely uh, endless. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's hard to document, but um, or to, like, read a book. That, for me, it was like, okay, this must be, it must be like, a, a map of Mexico and all the ingredients, where they are, and how, how much they cost, you know, stuff like that.
0: But, uh,
1: Nothing, no. There's no. not even, like, not even the government website has, like, where are the mandarins from? Like, it just doesn't really. It's
0: just. It's quite. Just like, it's. It's like the. Yeah. It, you know, I, I keep in my life. I keep coming back to just one short phrase from a Bob Dylan song. He says, "Businessmen drink my wine and ploughmen dig my earth." Yeah. But none of them along the line know what any of it is worth. You know, and and it just to me like the, the rich heritage that you're describing there and. and and then the actual plants and crops and things themselves, and yet the government doesn't see that as their national, you know, it's all about GDP and and whatever, but if if anyone became wise tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd have governments that were saying this is the most important thing. Exactly,
1: this is where we should focus on, you know, and Mexican chefs they've been doing an incredible job these days, like the new generations because before it was like old French chefs in hotels but yeah. then uh, in the 90s they start chefs that they went to the New York and to abroad to study and then go back and then open restaurants
2: yeah. that
1: yeah. they were focused on Mexican cuisine yeah, for yeah, the yeah. first time in the 90s like yeah. end of the 90s uh, 2000s and now the new generations uh, I, I also like really, really kind of like Making a change, and you can see that people is more and more proud to their heritage and yeah. their uh, local stuff. But there's lots of more work to do as well.
0: I mean, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts about, you know, because the fact is that the people that produce the food um, and that are the the keepers of that um, food culture and recipes and traditions around preparation. Mm-hmm they're all a rural poor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about this? Because I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, that the people, those people who have that connection with land, they're actually keeping something alive that that is actually, it's the lynch, it's it's what's going to keep us all alive. Yeah. That doesn't get stamped out and we can work our way back to having a relationship with land. We might actually make it, you know. Yeah. And so, I just wonder if you have any thoughts about when these high-end, because they are high-end restaurants in a big city where all the very rich people and politicians and probably yeah. like drug dealers and everything <laughs> come and eat in those restaurants, yeah. is there something going to happen there which turns things back? What, what I'm trying to say is the fact that that whole entity there, you know, a Mexican restaurant that celebrates traditional Mexican cuisine and traditional Mexican ingredients, is basically honouring the rural poor. Yeah. Do, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. is this somehow going to be yeah
1: it's actually something interesting happening now um, that actually I think part of the government is helping out uh, that I have the same thought also of like you go to because I live 10 years in Europe now and uh, to see history in Paris you go to Louvre you know you go to the museums you know you go To see history in Italy, you know, you go to the museums, right, Uh, to see what plates people used to make and, like, how people used to to dress and what people used to eat. Mm. Uh, And uh, in Mexico, you see it alive. You go to the museum. You can go to the museum in the uh, um, Mexico City. It's called the uh, Anthropology and History Museum of Mexico. Uh, and uh, what you see there indigenous people how do they live what do they use for like pottery and like what, how they they used to dress and stuff you have it in the countryside
2: like you see in a museum
1: where you can just yeah drive for a walk <laughs> yeah it's, you can actually go to the mountains yeah. in Chiapas and being in an indigenous uh, city mm. Where people, uh, of course, they have some modern things, you know, they, um, but in a way, they keep traditional life in a crazy way, in a, in, a, in a way, so in a so like crazy way that you actually feel that you're in another times, you're eating history, you know, mm. and that's insane. And that doesn't have to be lost yeah. because new generations are not, it's just so much work sometimes for people to okay we do the stuff like this we cook inside of this hood and uh and we make these three dishes and we dress like this and our life of the woman is to cook and the, the life of the man is to go and harvest uh, uh yeah work in the fields and then we cook for them, for for them and then we sleep and then you know like that's the life there you know it's rough you know and um, but uh, right now the government is helping out indigenous uh, a little bit indigenous uh, women mm-hmm. that they call them the uh, cocineras tradicionales. that is like the traditional cooks of Mexico so then each state have like one uh, symb- symbolic traditional uh, indigenous cook and they are kind of they are champion them And uh, and making like some sort of like uh, um, like a collective Mm. of traditional uh, indigenous uh, cooks, which uh, sometimes uh, the idea is to make uh, congresses where you have chefs, but but you have traditional indigenous cooks as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not only about the 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 interpretation of the chef it's also about the actual interpretation of the traditional cook mm. so you have them both uh, at the same level that's uh, cool. so that's what, what that's what they're trying to do at the moment you know yeah. so then and then each uh, it's interesting because it's like actual it, they are really proud you know this yeah. uh, these women and I've been learning from two of them one in Oaxaca and one in uh, in Veracruz just staying in the in the community and they teach me how on why they make the stuff and it's just like just incredible to have these people as teachers because they're like doesn't matter how many books or recipes you you read doesn't matter how many recipes you memorize or like um, you're never gonna understand Mexican food if you're not there in that moment when she's saying like no 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 let's make it like this and it's like so she this improvisation of the of the environment and the situation with culture mm-hmm. is what it makes the food mm-hmm. and you can see it. Like, right? yeah. Let's make this recipe, I'm going to go to a market or supermarket, I buy one spoon of this, two spoons of that and one chicken and then you make it, but it doesn't taste like the place. Okay. That's when you are following the recipe. Yeah. The place yeah. is the yeah. people. And, uh, and, that's, uh, and that's what, I, I don't use recipes for making the food. And we don't use recipes for the, making the food that we do, but this, we use these experiences, like this, these moments. That tells you what to do, you know, more than the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible, just, It's yeah. a state of yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, that's it's always, like, imagine uh, that here in England, you will have like a time machine that you can go to like Victorian times and you can learn from the people that used to roast the beef. And they were like, Miles, roast it like this. Don't roast it like that. <laughs> you know? Or eat the netos, Don't eat the... You know, like at the end, imagine that you can actually go there. Yeah. In Mexico, you can go there and you can mm-hmm. actually speak with these people that they have so much tradition and so much like... like uh, It's like a generational kind of knowledge that passed knowledge that passed by, gen- like, for generations, you know, like, grandmother and the mother, and then suddenly you have this woman that is, like, 65 years old, 70 years old, and they be- that she been cooking for She was three years old. She's three years old, and then the mother... Four years old, and then the mother was to, like, don't make it like that, you know, like, make it like this. And, like, you know, like, just, like, you're trained from your four years old, and that's... You got it in your balance. That's right? really, yeah, exactly. That's really, really impressive. And it's, uh, there is there is where the where the stuff comes from you know that's, uh. but that means as well that sometimes you have to like really really think as a, as an average customer like what do you how what do they will have as an approach like what do, like if you serve them something that you think is really interesting it needs to be really tasty but also i think this uh there's something that is like, uh, you don't have to speak a lot about it, you know? And I think people, sometimes, they speak, or they, they want to take credit uh, themselves about what they source, you know? Like, yeah, well, we have this really amazing, uh, important uh, herb, or important uh, wine, or like, you know, like, because they want to, like, present themselves as something, someone that knows more than other people. But for me, it's more about like, just a responsibility of like the landscape. What is, what is, where are we, you know, like, and what is the landscape and what is nutritious and what is diversity. Hmm. So then at the end, I think the people just, it's really, we just basically as a race, we just narrow, narrow down, narrow down ourselves on Three, four ingredients that you see in the supermarket. Um, there's no way that you cannot find celery in the supermarket. It's always going to be celery. Mm. Who knows where it's coming from? Who knows for what the people use it anyway? You know, but it's always there. You know, and uh, and there's so many things that they have a cycle and a seasonality and um, specific like places and and really amazing nutritional value. That. They deserve, be, normal people deserve to know. You know. Well,
0: I mean, I tell you what, I'm I'm trying to work out how to even think about some of this stuff. It seems to me like as you go through the seasons, you have um, all of these things coming and obviously going. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like it's like um, a very long series of potential dance partners. Mm-hmm. And one sort of beckons and said, well, you know, hello, I'm I'm the wild strawberry. Will you come and dance with me? And then we, we could potentially get in there and dance yeah. with the wild strawberry, just eat it in the bush, but then make a recipe and yeah. develop culture around yeah. how we all go down there and harvest those wild strawberries. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so we all come back and make this thing together and yeah. we all serve that. But then there's the other 39 things that are in season just at the same time. Yeah. For me, I'm yeah. I'm always thinking dance with everyone yes. all the time exactly
1: but, but. yeah but it's true yeah, yeah 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 but that's what I think as well like not because one thing is prettier than the other one or one thing is sweeter than the other one you will it will be better than another other one you know I think that's really really important because uh, otherwise you just narrow down yourself to one taste and one look of things and I think is that as if you go, and you say, like, in some of the talks, because I, I, I saw some, like, some of the talks, I'm a big fan. <laughs> uh, talks that you, you did, and it's like, like, imagine that you're in your house, in the woods, or wherever you have your house in the countryside, and you go, and you're a kid, and then you go for dinner to your house. So, uh, and you just use what is around. You will not have, like, like ten petals of that flower, perfectly sized, and like only that wow. one, just because it looks pretty. Your mother or your father or whoever is cooking, he it, it wants to feed you, and it uses the things that they have to feed you. And I think that has been lost in restaurants sometimes. That is like the point. Sometimes yeah, a business, is
0: that, 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 that it can be that the point in the restaurant is to impress you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or so then would you to take yeah. an Instagram picture yes, to exactly. so you impress your friends exactly. that you ate at this exactly. fancy restaurant? Exactly. Exactly. So
1: that's the thing. Like uh, a lot of chefs are quite. Sometimes they get a little bit too proud in terms of like. There's not. We want to feed people. It's
0: hospitality. People it's forget more, this is the hospitality yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah, the hospitality it's at not the beginning the,
1: it's not the was kind to of yeah, was actually... The impressive industry. No, no, exactly. It's not the circus, you the know. spectacular yeah, industry. Yeah, exactly. It's no, hospitality yeah, it's exactly. But then a lot of people just... It, this. I think this message just has been lost. Yeah. Because you want the... Because of the competition, in a way, maybe. Yeah, sure, yeah. But also because of the time, that people just don't have time to understand that... And the connection
0: with nature. So I think the I think the thing the, for me the thing starts with it with with just the connection. Mm-hmm. You
2: know,
0: if, if if your guests come in
2: yeah.
0: and you have this ambience there, it's just settled. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like a great pub. What's a great pub land I mean sorry, do, do you have, yeah. Do, do, yeah yeah yeah. Do you have pubs in <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we have we have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, you, yeah. you have a pub where the guy is just, he's hosting the whole thing. Yeah. You walk in there and he's going, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's, he's probably really funny, but he might not be. But do you know what yeah. I mean? He's just got something whereby yeah. there's an atmosphere in that place. Yeah. The minute you walk in, people yeah. feel at home, it's like you've come into your living room or something like that. Yeah. That's a connection. Yeah. But, but, and then again, another connection is is the the relationship with the ingredients. Because that's, that's what I mean when I say about this dance thing, you know. Yeah. I feel like I mean I'm not a chef but I'm really into these ingredients more more as time goes on you know for yep. me I'm most like more interested in cooking than I'm in foraging these days because to me the, the foraging is just like shaking hands and saying hello you know but, uh-huh. but, but for, to re- actually know that plant yeah yeah I want to know I mean, it in its life but, but actual. yeah I need to I need to be eating it I need to be cooking yeah. with it I need to be combining it I need to be and that, to me, is um, is a relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah.
0: it's really you getting to know that thing, you know. Like, and it, and it is it is it's like a person, you know. Each one of those plants, you kind of, I don't know, they they change how you think, and you it is like it is like a relationship. you know, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, different, yeah, yeah. you know. You work with wild chervil or something like that for a couple of years. Yeah. It's a part of your life then. You've learned something from that yeah. ingredient. It's yeah, made you yeah, a different person. Yes. Like a like a, yeah. a relationship with a another man or woman does. Yeah. Uh, so that's a connection. Yeah. And I feel like the thing that, that we can bring into this hospitality industry is is guys stop showing off. Yes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly love your ingredients. Yeah. Love your stuff. Yes love your guests. Yes, exactly. It's all about
1: connection. Yes, that's enough.
0: Relationship. That's,
1: that's, and And I, I, and and that's, yeah, and that's, and I think that's interesting enough, you know, like, uh, that how can you actually do that, but, and it's just endless, you know, like, we've been talking a lot, it's like, here, there's so many things, like, of like, yeah, I mean, like, wild and and not wild things, but just like, so many incredible stuff that, Every week is just different. Every two weeks is different. Yeah. So then at the end, it's like, it's enough for everyone, you know, to be like, to be special. If they believe in diversity and if they just like see it as a normal thing to do, you know, like, um, so, but the guests needs to, they need to be kind of trained for that as well. There's a lot of chefs are sometimes, uh, and I, I was as well, sometimes uh, just scared about the guests, you know, yeah. like you are like, they're like, okay, so. And I leave it sometimes, like, you leave it also with, like, business partners and stuff like that. They're like, well, whoa, we don't know if, uh, what is going to people say, you know, if you, if you change things or you add this to the dish. Um, yeah. Or, like, maybe people want something specifically. But then I think more
0: and more people is more open to
1: what you have, you know. Well,
0: I just, I just think, to me, it's like these days, if people come and eat at your event or in your restaurant... These days, there's a lot of people that are coming because they want to join you on your journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's another yeah. great thing. If yeah. they can just get that sense of what yeah. your journey is. Yes, and exactly, yeah. Oh, this guy's really, you know, he's exploring, yeah. He's, yeah. he's finding out and, yeah. and, and, and discovering. Yeah, exactly. It's almost if they um, can get that sense, then they'll follow you places they might not yeah. have gone otherwise. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. If you're their tour guide, yeah. as it were. Yeah.
1: And also to have like like... Uh, it's uh it's about that like good um um it's like a it's like a, like a good thought, you know? Like it's like it's not uh you don't you don't want to expect anything back, you know? It's like it's just like a goodwill kind of yeah. I mean like for me it's like a goodwill kind of thing. I want yeah. to I the only thing that I want is to have like um a, a place where people can uh it's like you have a family, right? You have a place that is your house and you have a family that is with you cooking mm-hmm. or serving or lear- and learning about where they are and what can they do with food. Like what I don't know everything like at all, you know, I don't know anything. And then I learn with everyone and then you show what you learn and you feed people, you know? Which sounds really basic, but then sometimes people just lose that and I think it's also because sometimes people just don't go out there, you know, like, I think it's, it's really important to actually go there and see where, where these scallops coming from mm. and where, where exactly, like, and like trying to like put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. But, like actually in Scotland, it's not easy to get these ones. <laughs> it's, it's cold, it's far. It's not really like so where are these coming from? Um, these ones are from Sky. You have to go to Inverness and then take a take a well a car. Well drive from, from Inverness to the to the north and then to the west to Sky and then to Sky you get like a little boat and you go all the way in the boat for a couple of hours. Then you have to dive them, keep them alive, send them over, you know, and they are here, you know, and then it's just a struggle, you know, everyone have their own struggles, you know, but you don't understand them when you don't yeah. put yourself in the you, shoes, you know.
0: Now you've been there and like, also, what, journey, and right? for
1: yeah. sure what you guys do, you know, it's just incredible how can you actually know all these things, but also like pick them with your hands, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just not... It's not, uh, it's not easy, you know. So then, uh, that's what people need to understand as well. You know, sometimes they just, I don't know, I don't know your experience, but, but if, uh, but I think people have to put themselves in shoes of other people, and in terms of foragers and producers, and uh, and also them in their people in the shoes of the, <laughs> of the chefs. You know, yeah, we well, like well, we'll like always how, laugh. Yeah. We... How can you? Yeah. Uh, um, you know how can you run a restaurant, and what is the actual?
2: Yeah.
1: What is the limitation? Because it's not only cooking; mm. it's about everything. It's about the business. Yeah. It's about the customers. It's about the waste. About all these things. You know. So that's. I think
0: you, you guys are like the ultimate yeah. multitaskers in terms of yeah. how many different things you have to keep. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's uh, <laughs> crazy. You know. But uh, well, that's, we that's we always think really we always good. think about the, uh, the 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 chef um, the chef in the winter. Yeah, He's nice and warm, <laughs> and we're cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's The chef true. in the summer, is very hot and we're outside. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's
1: true. <laughs> I think it's about uh, just working together, you know? And uh, because, I mean, like, I don't know, I don't understand. There's some restaurants, like, they have, like, three machine stars, you know? And, uh, or whatever, and they want uh, you to send them all uh, flowers like you know like this big but like small but the shoot you know like but like only this and then you have we need 400 a day you know and then like if they are not perfect all of them yeah it you know, will be like what is this you know and call and you know like
0: we once had a speck when 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 noma did the uh yeah. the noma at claridge's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had a speck of sorrel leaves yeah. Between that and that. Yeah. I mean, we, we had, we had foragers all over the country, because it was July, and there really wasn't much sorrel. Yeah. <laughs> so we sent out this SOS, and we got people in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in Wales, Cornwall, yeah. even yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. I think someone was on the Isle of Skye, yeah. or one of the islands really? up there, and, and, and yeah. Newcastle, and they were all out there with their tape messages. <laughs> it's got to be this uh, long.
1: <laughs> I mean, was, that's, uh, I mean... Uh, that was what I wanted. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. But still, you know, like <laughs> at the end, you know, I think we need to be flexible. You know, I think that's really that's really important. Um,
0: I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Um, that we could. Um, well, you know, we we kind of do do this with with uh, this refedero Felix project
2: mm-hmm.
0: that that feeds
2: oh, yeah, homeless spoken. Yeah, yeah.
0: So if if we've got a load of stuff we didn't manage to sell and we know it's not gonna make it through to the next pack day, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: That gets put in a box and sent out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will just they they will basically just have this box of delights. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they have to find a way to use it all. Yeah. But I've often wondered what it would be like if um if we had uh, a relationship with a restaurant where yeah. they could respond to us just going, Okay guys, I'm not gonna tell you what we're sending you. Yeah. And And then we just put like 13 different things and send the box. Yeah. And then they got to make a menu out of that. Yeah. I think I think it would be a lot of fun. I mean, everyone would. I mean, that would be. I mean,
1: like that's perfect. You know, like for me, that's perfect because, uh, I mean, like as soon as you know, uh, like the quantities and the kind of like the flavor profiles of the things that 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 are growing around, you are able to. To basically say, okay, let's put this one there, this one that. But the problem is sometimes when you don't know, you know, like yeah. when you don't know what to do with it or you never
0: try it. Oh, well, no, it's just
1: it's the ultimate
0: challenge, it's you know. It's really hard, you yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Flexibility, yeah. it's obviously in a restaurant, is big part of it is creativity, you know.
0: That's and right, for
1: yeah. having creativity, yeah. you well, need to have, to understand, you know.
0: Well, you also need a lot of and, confidence because, you know, one thing I've realized is that. It's not something that people learn when, when they're training to be a chef. Yeah. Nobody learns how to um, engage with a totally new ingredient. Yeah. What people, in the sense that, I mean, it'd be new to them, right? But, but you're taught how to, for example, use scallops or beef or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You're yeah, taught yeah. how. Yeah. No one learns how to be given an ingredient and not be taught how
2: uh-huh. yep. and, and say
0: okay yeah, figure yeah. this out yeah what do you think chef yeah exactly. right from the outset yeah and, and, and you're like well um <laughs> <laughs> but what what would what would it be yeah, like course, if, if that was a basic yeah. part of chef's training you like, yes. week three here's yeah. four ingredients we're not yeah. going to tell you nothing you're not yeah. allowed to use your phone to google it yeah what are you going to do with this this yeah. this vegetable you've never seen before what yeah. are you going to do with this cut of meat you've never seen yeah. before yeah, maybe in teams or something. If that was a standard part of everybody's yeah, I mean, training, training, yeah, wow, yeah, know? yeah, that's amazing. It that's... instilled confidence that exactly. a lot of guys just exactly don't because have,
1: you think. because yeah exactly because you will be able to take to get that uh, flexibility and work like that. And uh, for me, um, I think I've been quite lucky in a way because mm. I've actually been doing that for a living, going to rest going to different countries. Yeah, they have stuff and. You use it, you know. And at the end, it's like for me, that is like the everyday kind of thing to do. You know, like yeah. we don't have scallops in Mexico, like these ones. Yeah. Or we don't have these. Uh, we I don't think we we have uh, any of these things that you have over there. <laughs> we probably do, but I don't. I didn't knew. Like I never <laughs> saw them over there um, ever. You know. So then at the end. It's just the way to like, okay, so how it, like, but I think it's about yourself, like to get like, okay, so how this tastes, write it down, how this makes you feel, yeah. uh, where do you think it lives in the, in the menu or in the, you know, and then you just put it where you, where you want to put it on and, and then at the end the guests are like, I never saw this in my life, like what, you know, like, and then. They'll be nourished. Like they will learn something, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I think that's, uh, that's really, really, uh, really important, you know. And have you ever tried to work like this with restaurants, like to actually just uh, s- uh, send them some things? And um...
0: no, not not in that way, no. no. I mean, we've been sending up the samples just for yeah. people to give it a try. Yeah. But not in that sense of, okay. Yeah. We've just sent you a mystery box and now you're going to build your menu around it. No, but because
1: I think that's amazing, you know, like, because that's, I mean, like, for me, that's uh, how it should work. So, I mean, like, imagine that you have, like, you have time yourself to go and pick things wherever you are, mm. and then you come back, and then you... Well, that's what you'd do you'd then, them, isn't it? You would know? do that then, like, yeah. if, if you, bro- if you picked of. it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's that's what we would do. And then imagine that you have these amazing professional people that you trust, that's really important, you know? You know that they know what they're doing, you know? And they send you that, and then you will learn, and then you just work around it, you know? I think it's, uh, For me, it's the best way to... called Broar, in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, um, they used to work at Noma, yeah, so no, Sam in, and in, Victor. There, there, yeah. Yeah. So I worked there for a year, and uh, the philosophy of the restaurant was um, basically, um, they use a lot of like nose to tail kind of, uh, yeah. sometimes a little bit too much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they have like uh, this like uh, tasting menu of like a lamb head so then they will be like okay so then your whole um, your whole menu is gonna be um, made from from lamb head so then they will come with like a ceviche out of like a carpaccio made with ice ice carpaccio and then like the brain mousse and then you will they will give you like the tongue like glazed tongue and then the, like the, uh, like pancakes with the cheeks and stuff like that. So that was like really, really cool. And then also they were working because we had like no budget at all. He was like, okay, whatever you guys have left over, just send it over and we will use it. It was a little bit too much sometimes, but, but it was interesting. You have to see like, okay, the chef will come with this and then you have to make it
2: Okay. for see. 80
1: people. Really casual. Yeah and at the end it's beautiful food you know at the end it's beautiful food not only about the terms of like the actual animals but also with the wild food you know because at the end you end up with these really really interesting dishes and interesting flavors that are completely seasonal and uh, and they make sense and they are also not as expensive as things that because I think people should ask themselves like what, why the things are expensive uh, sometimes you know like why actually that is expensive more than that uh, that sometimes maybe is because it's probably because it's not sustainable or probably because it's not in season or probably because it's it's not local exactly exactly so then at the end also that is something that it's interesting Um, um, so you can so then the alexander seeds when they're when they are like this um, for me they uh, taste a lot like uh, like
0: pink peppercorns I oh, know. I've, so no, I've, I've seen it. i seen wild in um, in Adelaide, in Australia. In There's Mexico, there. they grow
1: wild, and yeah. the the pink peppercorn and the the. Um, yeah. the um, it's the funny. I've never made that connection before, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> so uh, funny, yeah. And is yeah. the yeah. the um, the the tree is called uh, Pirul in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually use the the wood of the tree okay. to make. Um, to make to cook the lamb because it's just like everywhere and when they're green they're really really aromatic and also the leaves they're also really really aromatic right. like yeah, the yeah. pink pepper leaves yeah. I don't know what how the leaves oh, are yeah, uh, obviously the yeah the Alexander leaves I know no, they're not the same there's definitely
0: aromatics in the but, seeds that but the seeds the
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is a sauce that is from like really really traditional from my hometown wow that is called uh, pink mole. So it's a it's a mole that is made.
0: What does mole mean? Does it just mole. mean sauce or? Yeah. Is it...
1: Mole means blend. Okay. Basically, it's a blend of things, okay. and uh, um, it's basically uh, it can be different things. Um, this one it's uh, it's made with pine nuts. So this is made with uh, beetroots, um, um, smoked chili, and uh, pine nuts, and roasted garlic. That's it. And uh, normally, these will have pink pepper corns. So then actually, I add some uh, some of this on it. So then eat that, you know. And then, and then if you add, all indigenous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then that's interesting yeah. because actually these have the pro- profile. Mm. I just run out of pink peppercorns. Unfortunately. I uh, literally like yesterday. Yeah. So I don't have to you to see it, but for yeah. me it's like really, really like pink peppercorns. Yeah. So when I make a dish with this, I always add uh, well not always, like I just learned about this two weeks ago. <laughs> But I will always Use these ones You know Right Yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah. like Really really interesting similitudes. Uh, similitudes. But now we got a mixture uh, right? Now, now we got another Kind
0: of mixture We've got a mixture of Yeah Mexican yeah, sauce Exactly exactly and, and English spice Exactly
1: exactly That's the thing That's <laughs> what I, That's what we want to do Another kind of mixture Yeah <laughs> Yeah exactly But that's the thing Like um, Mexican food is really uh, Fresh Yeah And uh, really uh, Colorful mm. And like uh, Spicy You know And like um, um bright and and, and uh, uh, exciting you know mm. and uh, British food is a little bit more dry like a little bit more like not so much colors you know in a way mm. but the things that they grow around they do have these amazing colors and amazing spices and and, and freshness and it's just like you can actually feel have uh, really, really similar results with the things that are over here. Uh, you see, I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know. In, in a sense, I, I want to say, like, the, yeah. the, 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 when our food doesn't really reflect our landscape, mm-hmm. then it's not really our. Maybe that
1: wasn't, in yeah. a way. Maybe
0: that wasn't. Well, it's was yeah, like yeah, going, yeah, to, yeah, going yeah, to Australia yeah. and seeing that like, yeah. it's all about barbecues on the yeah. beach and, 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 yeah. and whatever else. And exactly, said, This yeah. is ridiculous. Is yes. It nothing to do with this yeah. landscape. Yeah. And you've got yeah. you've got 20,000 wild plant species, yeah. many of which yeah. have indigenous and traditional use. Well, you know, build a food around that and then you can call it Australian. Yeah. And, whereas yeah. what you're talking about with the, the Mexican thing, I suspect is a little bit more... Um, Still wedded to the land, like yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This,
1: I mean, like you use the fruits that you have around. It's a lot, like when I, when people in Mexico, uh, because this uh, while uh, using wild food as a chef uh, becomes a little bit of a trend, like internationally, yeah, in a way, but uh, in a way of like just fancy restaurants making yeah, it. Uh, a lot of people say like, okay, Mexico, there's no foragers, and then I. Uh, actually, Rene, I, I remember he asked me for like finding a forager for like mm-hmm. hiring a forager, Mexican forager. I didn't really find anyone that had that like profession, you know, like not a website or some no, like that. No, of but not. then you because realize that it's actually the people for it. traditional knowledge. Yeah. So, so there's they actually, when you think it's not about it. Some
0: bloke like me that just. Yeah,
1: when you think about started it. Started as a profession, it's yeah. people, that, people, yeah.
0: people that have done it
1: for like exactly. like Exactly, exactly. I, Exactly. So the the thing is that actually, uh, the you realize that actually the dish is made with wild food, but the wild food there they are avocados and mangoes and right. and uh, and like tiny limes and and different type of coriander and stuff like that. You know. So then it's like, oh yeah. So actually, yeah. People actually forage, just like a normal thing to mm. do. You know. And that's uh, that's interesting. But yeah, you're completely right. I think. if you use this to make food, that will be the actual um, British cuisine, you know? Yeah, yeah, it will be exactly this, you know? And that will be, that's something that I would expect, um, basically. And I don't know, but most of the ingredients that I use are um, from here, you know, most of them. So then I think... Well, I mean, like, we are using, we are making kind of Mexican food, mm. but we are also making British cuisine, you know? it's all, it's
0: all, it's all the mix. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. seriously, I think, you know, that, that probably, um, I hope that that describes what you're trying to do, that, that yeah. little joke about the sauce just, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, you know, because you're bringing, um, all these deep cultural roots around food from, yeah. from Mexico and then yeah. applying them to british ingredients i mean Mm -hmm. wow because then that becomes part of our that becomes part of our landscape too
2: yeah
0: if people if people have a certain approach to um how to use these things yeah builds a connection that wasn't there before then you know in in the long run that becomes part of our our terroir because the terroir is isn't just the plants and the yeah and the soil—it's the—it's the people and yes. how they cook the dishes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the people, you know. Exactly. And, and the moment we don't have the, uh, the cultural bonds between ourselves and the land, you know, I mean, m- mm-hmm. most people in most places don't. You know, yeah. that is yeah. what we're looking at as being, you know, yeah. the problem. Yeah. I mean, look about global dilemmas that we're in. Yeah. That is the problem. Yeah, that people are cut off from the landscape. Yeah. So this little thing here that yeah. is facilitating. How could we get back into a, into a, actually a deep relationship with our surroundings? Well, yeah. we need culture. Yeah, we need recipes that people that yes. makes people joyful. Yeah, makes people feel safe and comfortable and familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We need exactly. all that stuff. Yeah, and this exactly. is coming from your home cooking it's in Mexico, exactly. right? Basically, exactly. so like, what, what's I that think. word again? What's the word for the sauce? Uh, Molly. Mole, mole. Mole. So you grew up yeah. eating many different yeah. kinds of mole. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. so that's, that's right back to your childhood. Yeah, sitting at your mother's table. Yeah. 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 And you're bringing that so then, in here to exactly. help us get to know our stuff. I, exactly, you kind I'm of happy. like
1: you kind of like want to go back there, you know. You want to. I want to go back there, and uh, the only way to go back there is through memories. But then you kind of like get what you have to actually go back, you know, and just like bring people with you, you know. And that's. I think that's, uh, as you said, culture is the is one of the most powerful things. To change and also like culture with adding culture with like goodwill, you know, of like okay, I want to to I want to to share with people what I want to yeah, because we could have a culture of slavery and murder. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that would be that would be. So we want that 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 kind of culture that you're saying. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly.
2: exactly in her mind anytime anytime
0: in the corner there's a there's like okay. an old there's an old coal scuttle Oh. Put soil in it and out oh, of it, there's growing one. a load of uh, pendulous sedge, okay. which is a native British um, this species. No, the one next to no, it. It looks like a grass, but it's a yeah. sedge, it's closely related to grass. Yeah. yeah,
3: so we we got the plant like, what, two months ago? Yeah, we and got it. And it was like really ugly, it was just like chopped up, and then I came back and it was like this beautiful... No, it's flowering and just Ooh, growing yay. the seed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a good investment.
1: Cool. So then this is uh, the first course of uh, um call for Forager dinner, the lunch. So <laughs> for Jacenti
0: collaboration. <laughs> yeah, fancy yeah. dance. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so they are um, just basically um, scallops from Scotland, so it's a Scottish scallop. They were alive, we just cut them, uh, just fresh. We put a tiny bit of salt on top. And uh, and then you have uh, some pink mole that is made with um, pine nuts, beetroots, and green alexander seeds. Then some sweet Sicily stems and uh, Atlantic wakame
0: and the Solomon and seal. The Solomon, Solomon seal,
1: seal stem, stem mm-hmm. and then a tiny bit of um, of this uh, sauce that is made with, um, with uh, rattlesnake chili and um, and dulz. And then to finish the dish, we have this uh, little juice that it's uh, it's an agua chile of um, of cucumber with kombucha and uh, fermented wild uh, ramsa peppers. Okay, so just uh, enjoy it. That's incredible. Thank you chef. For me, the collaboration and the, the understanding of the wild food is like uh, it just brings the complexity to a to to a really really incredible other dimension you know that is like it's not just a traditional dish with a nice ingredient and a nice sauce it's like it's these tiny details that yeah. texture and freshness and like round uh, umami and and other stuff that this has <laughs> uh, but it actually really they're you not know, like for example when i make this sauce of the with a cucumber, it's just basically just three three ingredients, you know? Yeah. Cucumber, kombucha, and uh, and like we have this uh, we we pickle some uh, ramsom capers. Yeah. So it's just like that. But then when you have them together, to make them takes a long time. <laughs> but then we just mix them, and then with all this stuff, it just just gives much more depth to, yeah. to what you do. Like how do you knew the the places where you can where you can find these find these things and like how like oh, now I, I'm interviewing you like I want to know like what what was the process you know like you start you like this stuff just and, yeah. and stuff like that and then how can you actually you just eat? move through
0: the land with your eyes open really? That's it. Pay attention. Just like yeah? yeah, just like traveling Scanning. around. You're
1: really? Like, <laughs> <edible>. <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> Wow, so it was been like it's been like that, like just basically going around and
0: yeah, but and, it's so funny, like yeah, that you, because that was a
1: long time ago, right? But
0: yeah, yeah but like I mean, the um, different parts of the landscape which have gradually unfolded their um, their riches to us, as it were.
2: Yeah, you know
0: all the all the all the goodies that. Are, in a particular place, you don't see them all in one day.
2: Yeah.
0: And you go there for two, three, five, six, seven years, and then you discover another thing that's there that you didn't know was there. Yeah. Because yeah. you just you
2: just
0: you know unless you walk in a in a grid mm-hmm. up and down and cover every square inch of a you're not gonna you're not gonna look actually at every bit of ground yeah. beneath your feet. Yeah. And then you might just not go for the two weeks that something's in flower. Mm-hmm. Which you're never going to notice that thing unless it's in flour because mm-hmm. it's hidden amongst yeah, 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 a lot yeah, of grass yeah, or something. Yeah, of course. And so um, it's the same thing again, really. It's all about um, the, the knowledge that comes from having just hands-on contact with something. Mm-hmm. You know, you only get to know an ingredient because you you work with it over and over again. You chop it, you peel it, you, you, yeah. you know And suddenly, you or not suddenly, very very gradually, mm-hmm. you become acquainted. Yeah. And that's the way it is with discovering what's in a in a landscape, I mean, or at least you know. I suppose the thing is, for, for me, I was learning the plant species at the same time as discovering a landscape. So, mm-hmm. you know, now if I went to a brand new piece of land, I might, I might notice more of it sooner. You know, yeah. because because I know more plants now. But, yeah. but that certainly was how I learned it. You just yeah. just keep going back to the same places. Yeah. So, like,
1: going to the same place and, like, divided by, like, you're divided by, like, okay, so this is field, this is uh, forest, this is uh, beach. I mean, you're yeah. divided from there, you go to the same place. Kind of,
0: but, I mean, you, it's just because you've discovered something when you go there, you know, and, and then you go back there. Yeah. So, yeah and then you discover something else when you go there. Or, yeah. or you discover, you know, you've got this patch of mushrooms deep in the forest. Yeah but then you're walking up the track to get to them and you notice some plant that's growing by the side and it's just you just just being there and and, and, and like I say there's all these all these different things that that um, that catch your attention yeah because
1: I mean like no one really tells you how to do this like like there's not like there's not like a school that they can tell you like okay so if you go to this place you will find these things and then yeah uh, so then it's actually your own
0: kind of uh like you are hungry to to, to, to understand well this i mean there's a, deg- there's a degree of obsession yeah. in it i think like yeah, for, right. for me like the, the the initial um voyager discovery was 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 definitely you know pretty obsessive um yeah. and um you know you just want to know what everything is and, and you're interrogating every place you go so like what what might be here something I'd love you to try in the, in the autumn is uh, yeah um i mean it's quite labor intensive but the the hawthorn berry mm. has a texture that i think is a lot like avocado mm. and i've always said would, like it would, make, a, make a, it might it might make a great mm. the only the only trouble with it is you'd have to you'd have to do it um <clears throat> fresh because this pulp if you leave it overnight it sets it's full of pectin oh. i used to make uh, a dish that
1: it was called the flavors of guacamole. It takes like three hours to make <laughs> so that dish. Like, back, <laughs> like, like three hours. Uh, Two years ago, three years ago, when I was in this, uh, um, with this, in this, uh, like phase of impressing, you know, and uh, I wanted to like people to, to to say, oh, that this dish is really clever and stuff like that, you know that. When you're like... Weird, I think you're kind of like not uh, secure enough to actually make a dish uh, just, because just because you, you like, like it. it. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Because if that's a very important yeah. thing, isn't it? It's when you like yeah, it. but the thing is that you don't know what you like, you know? That's the thing. Like okay. sometimes as cooks, when yeah. you are a chef okay. or when you cook when you are chef de yeah. and so you cannot really afford to go and have nice dinners and stuff like that. And then you rent an apartment in somewhere in the suburbs close to the airport in Copenhagen. And it's like, uh, so then that's, it takes a long time to you to be able to say, okay, what did I like? I actually know what I like to cook. I lo- I like to cook fish. But then what I like to eat, I didn't knew that. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to cook. I'm going to try to make people be like, they say like, wow, like this is really clever, you know, stuff like that. So then I used to make this dish that it was the flavors of the guacamole. So it was a roasted tomato that wasn't in season, wasn't local. You know, just like a roasted tomato with uh, roasted spring onions and a grilled cucumber, and uh, and then a, like a paste of pistachio and beer. And then the the pistachios we used to microplane when microplane one by one. Wow. So you have these like beautiful shapes on top and I mean like, it was a very really beautiful dish but then I said like I'm just not gonna do that I'm just gonna blend the shit out of it and put it as a garnish you know and then it wasn't like but it most, makes more sense you know mm. it makes more sense to get the purpose like
0: so this this came, it, yeah, this came out of that yeah this guacamole yeah this came out of very came
1: elaborate yeah exactly came out yeah exactly right. exactly okay. now that we what we do in five seconds <laughs> And it's so good. It <laughs> used to
0: take three it hours. came yeah,
1: it came from a dish that was three hours and really like uh like like labor intensive yeah. and um But that's a bit but like, not
0: as good. It wasn't bit, good. But still it's a bit you're like, like pulling your engine apart so you can look all the components, yeah, yeah. And then you just stuck it yeah, all together.
1: Yeah yeah, but then you just yeah. like what am I doing this? Yeah. You know, like let's just make something that tastes good and yeah. fast and put it in a nice bowl. Yeah. And use it as a garnish, <laughs> you know? And uh it's great. You know, like yeah. at the end
0: it's like you kind of like see how you change the. I just. I tell you what. I think. I think one of the one of the, one of the key words that might help in trying to define what what is really good hospitality um, or not is the level at which you feel satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you sit down and eat that. Yeah. That's satisfaction. Yeah. In a bowl. Exactly. So that's, exactly. That's just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It feels good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Yes. Yeah yeah, 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 Exactly. Like it doesn't
1: matter how much do you speak about how important is or how or how organic is the chicken that you're using or where is the uh, everything or like how mo- how long it takes to do it and how look how good it looks if it doesn't really uh, that gives you like that like it to- makes you feel good, you know. That's uh that's that's really important, and also like I think a lot of like a lot of fine dining restaurants sometimes they lose that also because of the monotony. You know, you have like you have to make that thirty courses every tasting menu yeah. every day. You've
0: reached the perfection. Yeah. But the fact that it ends up being a bit like a factory production. Yeah, exactly. line, in order to do it.
1: Yeah. Then it loses the, it lose the heart. No you know? one is satisfied. Exactly. It, if exactly. And then for me,
0: it's like well, but it makes what's the, the difference, difference between that, right, and the and the um, and the guy on this little stall in Japan. Who only makes one dish ever yeah he does that all day every day yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. yet he's satisfied yeah There's yeah some, well, i don't know what's the difference though. i think it's just like
1: different cultures you know <laughs> just different cultures you know um it depends you
0: know i guess he believes in the dish right yeah it's
1: more about yeah. the craft i think yeah it's more about the craft this is more about like these potters making the same plate all yeah. over and over and like enjoying that perfection about the craft you know about the craft of like actually all the time crafting something that is that is perfect and it's great and yeah that kind of like like approach then the other one is like the more like um uh, like interactive kind of like dynamic approach of the soul cooking you know that is different as one that is like 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 I make a chair, I make the best chair. I always make chairs, you know, and uh, and that's amazing as well. You sit in that chair; it's the best chair in the world. Uh, but then, if you they give you different pieces, different pieces of wood, different pieces of wood, and you make like different chairs. And so that that's more than it might, you know, like it's just different, you know. Uh, at the end, there's chairs, you know. <laughs> there's food, you know. At the end. Okay, so what we have here, it's. Uh, Lamb barbacoa, slow cooked with different chilies and then chopped up with a broth, based to the meat, and it has some mezcal. And then, um, so this is just basically the juice of the lamb. And then, and then in the sides you have um, this is um, a sauce that is made out of uh, dry apples and whiskey with uh, with a little bit of chili as well and then um, this one is um lacto fermented vegetables with uh, with jalapeno yeah. fermented uh, fermented yeah uh, nettles that's right yeah fermented oh. nettles <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. And uh guacamole that is made with pistachio spruce spine... spruce shoots shoots it's really <laughs> difficult for me to say spruce shoots <laughs> and uh, and fermented gooseberries. Wow. and then here we have the tortillas yes. Just uh, They are made out of blue blue corn. <laughs> so you should start with the broth, basically. Okay. It's like every everyone makes their own, kind of creates their own taco as they, they want, you know, with the things that are lying around.
0: Yeah, and everybody's constantly engaging. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, yeah.
1: Out the yeah. Bottom. And actually wild herbs in Mexico, like wild Mexican herbs, are also like really big part of it. Like sometimes we use um, this... These herbs that we call quelites that they are basically wild herbs. That um, they are like, they're like I don't know, like names in
2: Spanish. I don't
1: know the names in English, but it's yeah. like yeah. papalo and uh, pipicha, pepiche They're just like they all have like some of them, most of them have native indigenous names, but they are all always like lying around. We also have grander and things that are. Written. It's all about texture, the taco. A lot about texture and a round flavor. You know. So yeah. actually, to build a taco, you will have to have something that is uh, like a meat that is really, really charred and uh, quite, uh, quite umami in a way that it's uh, normally it's something that is slow cooked and then chopped, more than something that is just like a steak. Mm. And uh, and then you will have something that will be like crunch, like the stems that we have over here. Normally will be onions, and then and then herbs for sure. Thank you, herbs for sure to give this kind of like herbal um, Mm -hmm. notes. Yeah, exactly. uh, mm, And then and then you normally will have a sauce um, that will basically make everything. Like the sauce will be will change everything. Like if you have this sauce or you have another one, mm-hmm. you will have it completely a completely
2: two different taco experience.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. But the idea of a taco is to enjoy. You know, that's the biggest point of making a taco is to to have joy, basically. So it's really interesting because tacos are cheap in Mexico. So people, you see workers in the streets in Mexico City with a tie. They put the tie in the. Over the shoulder. Over the shoulder, yeah. So they have the tie and they put the tie over the shoulder. That's not normal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's not normal. <laughs> no, so they are in the streets, they are standing up with a tie over the shoulder and in then Mexico, eating yeah. tacos. Yeah, it makes me feel so
2: nervous. And
1: you're like and in the like literally in the streets and then you can see like tears, like a little tear, you know, coming out because it's just like it's just such a good thing to eat, you know. And then mm.
0: that's what we have, you know. But it's 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 not just the experience in that moment, right? It's it's how it connects to all the other times you've said yeah and, and it's a, with.
1: Yes, I mean, like it can be in a different in a different situations. You can eat it with your family when you're like your mom buys this roasted chicken, and you have tortillas and you have salsas in your home. But also, it can be like. In Your time off, what like for like workers and um, in like not like 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 offices and stuff like that, they don't go to like to like or whatever, yeah. they don't eat the sandwich, they eat the taco.
2: And there's a but there's a guy on the and, street uh, making this, yeah,
1: yeah that's yeah, what we're talking about street yeah, food, yeah. yeah. It's an actual guy in the streets making them, they don't yeah. pay taxes or anything, you know, no. Uh they just like <laughs> make tacos, you know, that's uh, <laughs> randomly they just like appear, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And so then, there's, no, there's no taco tax.
1: No, no, no. There's no taco tax. And uh, it's interesting because um, there's. It will be hard to have a bad, like, like have a bad taco, because the competition is so strong, and the competition is about the flavor. You know, like at the end, it's not like okay, it's more convenient this place than the other one, or it's more like comfortable. It's not comfortable. You are like in the street standing. Like in between 100 world. people yeah exactly exactly <laughs> like that with your toy over your shoulder yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so then that's so it's not about that it's about the flavor so then everyone have to make it good you know so that's it that's uh that's that's one of the the things that we have that we probably don't have the best economy in the world We're probably not um, but have damn it, you might the go best. T- best. T- <laughs> Be- yes, exactly. <laughs> but we just like we, food, we, that's what we you have. have, you know. That's like but that's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're like we are one of the happiest nations in the world, <laughs> and it's just because we're really optimistic, but also because you know that the next day you will have half an hour off. You will <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the core of our civilization, as as it was arrives in Asia. or you know, like it's the corn, but we didn't have corn when we arrived to, um, to when when the when the when the when the, when the people arrived to America. Mm. There was no corn. No, okay. it wasn't like like cornfields. Uh, so then, because it didn't exist, it was a wild plant.
2: Yeah. So it was what a wild. It
0: bears no resemblance to. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then it was it
1: Cold was point. a wild plant that it was I called teosinte. Right. Yeah in that that little seeds that you cannot eat you cannot make anything with it Um, the nomads believe that if you save the biggest ones and you plant them then you will have a bigger like like seed basically Mm -hmm. like bigger, bigger, bigger crop and for generations people used to save the biggest seeds the biggest seeds, the biggest seeds until the first corn appeared as we know it and uh, and that used to, that was founded the first corn, like seven thousand years before Christ. Yeah, yeah. In Puebla, in Mexico. And uh, but then, back then there was no knowledge of pottery, so they were not able to actually boil the the corn. Okay. So they used to make popcorns. So right. there were people in uh, in.
0: Uh, so popcorn is first... seriously ancient. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah! 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 yeah. So the actual people in the, like the sedentaries in Mexico start with popcorns. So people used to like, just, just roast, roast the the corn. It was really, really small grains and they would use puff because you cannot boil it because you have no pots. So then after that, they, they discover like pottery, like like a thousand years after like, and then they have, they boil it, but then you get sick.
0: And that's the Niacin. Uh, the the, the, the Niasin, yeah. Niasin,
1: yeah. So then the, the thing is that what they did is to once, well, no one knows exactly the story, but people think that ash came to the, the pot where you were boiling the corn. And then you. were uh, not know where, but ash came, like, just basically get into the pot of water and make an alkaline solution. Yeah. Where they were able to take out the husk of the corn, mm. like the husk comes away, and that made that's that process called nixtamalization. That is basically when you take out the husk of the grain and the niacin away by an alkaline solution by boiling the corn in an alkaline solution, and uh, and that allows not only to take out the toxicity of the corn, actually allows to create a dough, because if you just cook corn and blend it, you get a puree, but if you cook the corn with calcium hydroxide solution, the calcium ions react with the with the with the proteins and the and the starch and the oils of the of the of the of the grain mm-hmm. and creates a dough. So you actually can. It makes it
0: more viscous. Or yeah. It makes it yeah. More,
1: it, it bounds the actual like a chemical reaction that bounds mm-hmm. everything together. Like like you kind of like you're basically gluing. Yeah. Yeah. And bouncing the oils, proteins, and starch of the corn. Okay. That you can apply that also to grains from here. So I also make tortillas with rye and with different types of wheat.
0: What about quinoa? Uh,
1: quinoa, the, the husk, like the, the actual husk. No, not oh, husk. Like huh? the skin is too hard. Yeah. It's too hard. So then you cannot... Like when okay. you blend it, it tastes right. really hard. And the amount of, like, whatever it is inside of the quinoa is so tiny Mm. that you cannot really, um, it needs to be things that have a really, really tiny husk. Yeah, so then, uh, yeah, so then we've been working on that. But at the beginning, I wanted to use only local grains, but uh, I love corn. I think, we, I think we need more blue
0: corn in, yeah, yeah. in the in the uh, yeah. in the mix. Yeah. I mean, this is an amazing yeah.
1: food, isn't it? Yeah.
0: I, I, I only recently um, even knew about it, but yeah. I was reading this account of the difference between most of the corn that's grown now, yeah. um, in terms of nutrients, yeah. and this one. Mm-hmm. And like, this is a proper food. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
1: the other ones well, is it's just just sugar. That, exactly. so this has got a whole
0: diversity of micronutrients. This is a big part of Mexican. Food, so we eat the blue corn?
1: Yeah, we eat all the, all the, corn. the different, all the all different corns, colors. Yeah. Black corn, okay, yeah. blue, red,
0: mm.
1: uh, obviously yellow, white. But um, we are losing everything.
0: You're losing the variety, the diversity. Mm.
1: Yeah, because people, um, it's easier to mass produce corn with like one variety. Also, also, most of the corn that is consumed in Mexico is grown in the States. Yeah so be, because people in Mexico the farmers they just don't have the conditions or the support that they deserve and the people that have actually heritage grains they just cannot sell them it's like they they have like oh yeah that's this, I have this amazing corn they go to the market and because they're like different sizes or some of that or different color no one buys them so then they just like it's just for like self consumption
0: do, do you think there's a role for restaurants in Cause that? because I mean, I'll tell you a story I have a friend uh you might, you might know him in fact. His name is Cesar Costa. He's, he's in uh, São Paulo in Brazil, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and he's he's opening a restaurant, recently. not um, But what he did, he went on a road trip with his business partner all around São Paulo state, looking for suppliers. You know, this is they like you had a long run up towards the uh, opening of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So they. Um, They were looking for supplies, especially organic supplies, and and they found various um, farmers who were doing organic grains in San Paulo State. But it was all being exported. Mm. All of it.
3: Yeah, I've heard that in South America. Yeah. Like, the U.S. has, like, a sort of, like, not... Yeah, like, it's like a strict contract and nothing can be... Happens in a lot of places around the world with a Mm. lot of products. Like, for example, in Portugal... There's a part of the um of the ocean uh outside of the Algarve that's like has some of the best tuna, like natural tuna in the world. And there's a contract between the Portuguese government and Japan that like basically ships a plane, like Japan owns a plane in like like a strip where it just basically every day is shipping this out, tuna yeah. Yeah, yeah. to Japan, but nobody in Portugal eats the tuna. Yeah. Nobody in Europe but it, yeah. it's so bizarre because it's like Japan, I think their demand for like fish is so out of control that they have had to like outsource to other. Yeah, yeah. but in the US it's like what they do to Mexico and South America like they've completely like monopolized all of the organic like farms mm. and then the local people can't have any of it
0: what, what Cesar did was he got um, an arrangement to bring the stuff into uh, San Paulo for his restaurant but at the same time he thought, well, his his thing was, like, we want to su- set the supply chain up and support the farmer. He wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to be the guy. It's the only mm. restaurant in San Paolo that's got the organic grains, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not what he was trying to do at yeah, all. Yeah, he was actually trying to set that supply chain up. So yeah. so he advertised it to all all the, all the chefs that, that he knew He put it on Instagram and said, before you know it, this guy who was exporting everything to Italy was mm-hmm. all going to Italy. Yeah. Well Now is all staying and yeah. going into San Paolo exactly. to restaurants and farmers' markets. That's amazing. It's amazing! Yeah. So I'm just thinking: I wonder what yeah. what the, like the the, yeah. the big uh, exactly. you know 50 best and Michelin guys in yeah. Mexico City and so yeah. on could yeah. be doing to, to 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 sort of influence yeah. people to exactly.
1: say this is really good stuff. Why don't yeah. you? I think they are uh, there's there's potential for that? Yeah, they are trying. Okay, starting, but still kind of like it happens when you go to this amazing restaurant and you have a sourdough bread that is incredible. They will tell you probably where the grain is coming from and what is the variety of the, of the wheat and the barley. You know, like okay, it's Ulen from, from, uh, from, uh, from here, from from Denmark, and then you have this Swedish grain. You know, like that that kind of thing. You know, like and what in Mexico it doesn't happen like because there's no trustability as well they just don't know basically even if it's like uh, this really famous Mexican chef they probably just don't know where the corn is from (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think if you break that barrier and uh, and you actually know and you're more dynamic with the corn you can say okay use it as a one of these ingredients you know it's like so this week we have this red corn from this community yeah, and, yeah. you know and then next week we have this other corn and then I will what I will do is to make like a comment is a coffer like a coffer, like a yeah like Cover, a
3: treasure a coffin. like a treasure chest. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Chest.
1: yeah and then have a corn there and it's like this is what you actually it's gold man. Yeah you like, saying it's treasure it's like you're a of it's gold. treasure, yeah. But that's what yeah. people need to understand that it actually that is precious. It is corn. And, Yeah, yeah it is but good. I think slowly, slowly now getting there. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm gonna stay away from the corn. I'm gonna use uh, grains from the UK. But then now I think I'm gonna use grains from the UK, but also corn, but like trying to start to make a link and an understanding yeah. there and here as well. No, I think it's really to, important. To support yeah. the people yeah. that is, you're going to these places, places and you say, man. These tortillas are amazing. Th- that corn is amazing, and they're like, yeah, but they are all, all old. And then the new generations, they're like, Man. Care. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm gonna go to the city. I'm not gonna grow corn. You know, it's like they have Facebook. You know,
0: <laughs> they have Instagram. I know, know, like, just, there's a circle that's going like uh, this, right? Yeah. There's, there's, the, there's, the, there's, there's the peasant guy that wants to go to the city. Yeah, and he gets a job, and he gets richer, and he makes it big, and then he becomes a millionaire. And uh, but all of a sudden. A lot of those millionaire guys are realising this is bollocks. Yeah. This is yeah. nonsense. Yeah. And what do they want to do? They want to go back to the land and have exactly. an organic farm or exactly. something. <laughs> so. Exactly. We, just need, we need to just speed this circle up and say, exactly. hey, man, don't leave the village. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. You're going to be a millionaire and want to come back and be an organic farmer anyway. <laughs> yeah, <to> just,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. just stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's,
0: you're already a millionaire.
1: You man, have blue exactly. corn. Yeah. Exactly. It's just matter to people to understand <laughs> that what they have is, is precious. That's the point. And that the is only actually way that's absolutely the point
0: of value yeah, yeah, that yeah. you're able to put on that. Yeah, and then
1: the other way to yeah. the only way to do that is to uh, basically pay them fair. You <laughs> know? Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. not paying more for the ingredient at the end. It's just skipping all these all those middlemen. Yes. Because there's so many middlemen to get into that what? farm in the village that the guys in the farm in the village they they get nothing. For the ingredients, so then they're like, "I'm not going to sell
0: it to anyone. I'm just going to, you know." What we need just, to find. So that's. Uh, well, I think what we need to find is in these villages, these remote communities, find 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 the kid with the entrepreneurial streak because he's yeah, there. Yeah. He might not know what yeah, entrepreneur is. Yeah, yeah. He might yeah. might not really. Yeah. But there's some kid in the village that's got that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, let him course. be the one. That, yeah. That, yeah. You know,
1: it is. There is. Yeah. There is some sort of that now. Yeah. And it's becoming a movement, so that's why we want to use the corn, because I want to be part of the movement so and support it, Yeah, and uh, and also to, like, basically make things to, to, to support the the, the local stuff. And, and at the end, it's, uh, it's also, like, a, a dry ingredient, so we can use it. So in theory, our rule is that we don't use uh, any fresh ingredients that are not from around yeah. here, but...
2: The corn is dry. But so. I think yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can you can yeah. you're not breaking yeah. the rules. So. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but I think it's so important yeah. people know about that because you know I've I've hardly had any exposure to blue corn when I when I read about it last year yeah. I was thinking wow it's incredible. It's a food with with you know diversity of nutrients. Yeah, it's got a rich cultural story around it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, it's, I think it should be introduced yeah. to the British... market. And, you, man, yeah. you've got to bring some actual Mexican stuff here. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I
0: mean? You can't yeah. have a Mexican yeah. scene happening... Yeah, yeah, yeah and exactly. bring yeah. some actual Mexican yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when you eat and you get full, but you don't uh, actually eat... I don't know if, uh, if, if if it makes sense. Like, when you actually go to a restaurant or to, like, a, I don't know, like a, like a pub or whatever, that they serve you food, that because the ingredients are not good... They have no nutritional value. But then you get full straight away. Like you eat like one, like four bites of that big, like whatever it is, burrito, whatever it is. You're full straight away. But then you're weak. You eat a little bit of ground heavy. Heavy.
2: Yeah.
1: And a couple of things. And you're energized. You can see that it's actually full. You know, like it's actually giving you nutrition. I think people more and more they want to get full and that's that's something with restaurants that we struggle as, as, as chefs that okay like how, how how much food should I serve to people so some people is like okay this is too expensive because for uh, one third of the price I get full uh, by eating uh, in, uh, a burrito in the corner or like a, or a, or a hamburger in whatever yeah. I get full you know but I think it's something to consider to actually said to the, like to make people understand that making full getting full is not eating. Mm. Mm. And that's what I've been I've been thinking because that happened to me like sometimes I I'm, I'm just I just eat wrong food and I'm full but I just like i am just weak you know like that sensation is like oh, like I don't want to do anything because I'm, yeah when you eat yeah. good food you actually are uh, getting energy yeah, to yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are yeah. like it's like a car that you put bad gasoline. It's not gonna function the same that if you put good gasoline. Yeah. Right? Well. So I think that's something that wild food helps a lot. Just
0: you know? the sheer diversity of nutrients yeah. That's, yeah. that's in those plants, I think, is is a, is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh,
2: Yeah.
0: We would have had that diversity almost all times. Yeah. In. in, in yeah. And people people don't even know what they're hungry for. They're like. Yeah. I don't feel satisfied. I don't know why they don't feel satisfied, because yeah. all this stuff blocking them, you know? Yes. But I really do think just, just, just like, you know, it's like releasing an animal back into the wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's release yeah. humans back into the yeah. wild. Yeah. 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 And, and and I think we'd, we'd get there pretty quick, you know, yes. We'd all of a sudden we'd be like, I'm mm. a happy human again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think it starts by uh,
1: treating all these, uh, all these ingredients and all this stuff and like a natural thing. You I know? think so. Like a natural thing is like a natural. It's not uh, for the snob. It's not for the, like the yeah. like the like the freakies or the crazy uh, chefs or uh, only a certain amount of foodies or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like it's just a just a normal ordinary. Eating. Yeah, it's, it's an ordinary. Exactly. It's like is that is the right thing to do? So like, natural. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that's. That's why. That's what I really. That's how I really wanted to, to, to promote it and to to work around it. You know, like it's like it's just yeah. It's just what we have. You know, just yeah. just what it is. You know, that's, embrace people to think like that and like that. It gets natural and gets absorbed natural for the to the to the guests and to the childrens and to you know. Like it's just this is what you get. You know, so that's uh, I think that's that's important. Just so little we'll work on, that. edging people back in the right exactly. direction. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Getting back to the get, getting into the wild. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so cool to have you on the podcast and to be up here and visit and eat and talk and things. But man, it's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. my my pleasure. Thank you for joining us again for this week's World Wild Podcast. hope you've enjoyed the uh, the content, and if you have. Please do spread the word. You, know, you can like us, review us on whatever podcast provider you're using. But more importantly, um, just talk about the podcast and, and let people know. Um, we'd like as many people as possible to be accessing this material. It makes it all the more worthwhile to do. Um, so please do spread the word. And that's it for this week's World Wild Podcast.